0: G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. I am back here discussing AFL fantasy with all the news from Team Selection. We've already got one game in the books after the Crows and Tiggies just met. So we've got five games left for round 13, the testing by round, and Team Selection didn't really help a lot of coaches, including yours truly. So I'll unpack all the teams, have see how they're shaping up before round 13 touch a little bit on the Crows and Richmond game and then answer a couple of questions and hot topics at the end. So, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. So, before I dive into all the relevant team selection news for the rest of the round, the Crows and Tigers have already played. We saw Couple of changes on Richmond's side with Menadu, Broad, Ellis, and Marbior Chol coming as a late in for Ivan Soldo. So, a couple of interesting outs as well for Richmond. They were dealt a blow with Cotchin and Shane Edwards out with injuries. I assume they'll be right back in after round fourteen. By though, Jacob Townsend was omitted, and luckily we saw Patrick Nash hold his spot. There are a few people who are a bit worried about how he would go with Ellis coming back in, but it was good to see that he held his spot. Now turning my attention to the game, there were some pretty huge scores from pretty popular dudes. I personally had the vice-captain loop on Rory Laird, who dropped hundred and eighteen, 116, Sorry, so can't be too unhappy with that. I still haven't decided if I'm going to lock it in, honestly. I think I might be a bit greedy and go for someone else, but still, that was pretty good. But the talking point was the big 140s from Dustin Martin on one side of the ball and then Riley O'Brien on the other. Didn't see that coming. Big ROB had a huge 146. And honestly, if you're still holding on to him, I don't really know whether he can trade him out after these type of performances. Pretty ridiculous numbers. Brad Crouch had a great game, 129. Riley Atkins, or Rory Atkins, sorry, probably isn't a lot of teams. He had 127. And then we saw Rory Sloan get to 100 as well, along with Matt Crouch. On the other side of the ball, Prestia had a huge 130. Probably not a lot of people rocking with him. Ellis bounced back from his... Injury, Worry with a 95. Sydney Stack got to 92. Basha was a little bit below what we would have liked at 88. And then Naish, the aforementioned rookie, had 68. So those are the relevant numbers from the first game of the round. Hopefully you've got the vice captain on one of those big dogs. I probably wouldn't take anything much less than Rory Laird's score. 115 to 120 is usually what we want to pocket. So if you have any of those other guys like Brad Crouch... Martin, Prestia, Raleigh O'Brien lock it in and feel pretty confident. But yeah, Raleigh, uh Rory Laird's score, probably just not enough. Alright, Friday night footy will see. Essendon clash with Hawthorne, and both teams have made a trio of changes. On the Hawks side of things, Dylan Moore, Ben McAvoy, and Caden Brand all come in, with Mitch Lewis, Wingard, and Mark Pidanet omitted. From the Don side, Sheil, Orazio Fantasia, and Jake Stringer are the ins with Francis... Ben McNeese and Mark Bagley all omitted. So good news for those people who took the punt on Dylan Clark. Despite all these rumours that he wasn't going to play, he's held his spot in their 22. I'm going to discuss him a little bit later, but personally, I don't think I'll be chasing him this week. I've got more pressing issues. But if you want to invest in him, 291k rookie kind of call him a rookie, uh, midfielder, then there's nothing wrong with that. Had a massive ton in his first game of the year against Carlton, so hopefully he can keep up that rich vein of scoring. The Saturday's games kick off with the Gold Coast versus St Kilda. Huge number of changes across the board for both teams. For the Suns, Burgess, Corbett, Miller... Tuke Miller, that is, and Jordan Murdoch were all out of the side, and four ins include Sam Day, Callum Archie, Corey Ellis for his first game as a Sun, and George Hall and smith so... Not a hell of a lot relevant. Burgess and Corbett will hurt for people who, including myself, just wanted to try and get another score on their field this round. So, not meant to be. It does suck, but hopefully we can turn Corbett or Burgess into something relevant in the next couple of weeks, if not this weekend. From St. Kilda's side, they made seven changes to their side. A couple of injuries, but a lot of omissions as well. Caulfield, Ed Phillips, Dara Joyce, Jack Steele, Robbie Young, Ben Long and Jaron Geary were the people... Excluded from their 22 to take on the Suns. And the people coming in, Daniel McKenzie, Brandon White, Blake Akers, David Armitage, Hunter Clark, Jonathan Marsh, and finally we get the debut of Nick Hind. Awesome to see him get a call up, the mature ager, after a pretty tough time trying to crack into the side. So he is a 170K defender, again, that I'll probably talk about in a bit more depth soon, but I do like the looks of him. He's probably one of the peaks of the downgrade targets at the moment. Nothing wrong with bringing him in and hopefully he can hold his spot after the buys and he can perform well in the next two games at least. The Dockers will play Port Adelaide in the next Saturday game. Sean Darcy, Griffin Lowe and Stephen Hill are the three ins for Frio. Adam Scherer, Rory Lobb and Alex Pierce are out. So great to see Brett Bewley hold his spot. He personally is my pick of the cash cows this week. 203k, it'll cost you to nab him. Not too expensive and definitely room for growth there. Good to see Griffin Lowe back in the side. Hopefully he can cement his spot in Frio's back six with Alex Pierce out with an injury. I personally will probably take the punt on Lowe this week more out of necessity than anything. It's going to be important for me to have a round 12 player in my defence with a lot of round 14 guys, so... I didn't jump on the Nash train last night, I'm still a non-owner, but if he's still there in round 15 I'll be snapping him up, but low at 216 grand is someone worth taking a punt on if you're looking for a back line downgrade. On Port Adelaide's side of things, Matthew Broadbent is out, he's taking an indefinite leave from footy actually with a bit of mental health, or wants to try and get his head right and look at his uh, wellness and mental health, so good on him, hopefully he gets back on the park soon. and. Sorts his things out Uh, Hamish Hartlett is the in Big in for Port Adelaide's perspective He hasn't played for over a year Actually so great to see him back on the park No Tom Rockliffe though Which will hurt a couple of owners We thought that he would come straight back in after their buy And hindsight's a powerful tool But I'm glad I traded him away Carlton and the Western Bulldogs are up next Mark Murphy is the in for the Blues With Jack Silvani left out omitted And on Western Bulldogs side of things Billy Gowers is out hurt and Lockie Young was omitted with Tory Dixon and Hayden Crozier to come back in. I was a little bit stung by Young being out. It doesn't shock me, he hasn't been great, but hopefully I might have to hold under him given the fact that he has around twelve buy. I don't think I'm gonna trade him out. I'm gonna hold hope that maybe something goes pear-shaped and he can snap up a spot in the side next week or in the back half of the season. But yeah, testing times at the Large frozen Coke. Ryan Gardner kept his spot in the bulldog side, which was great to see. He's been named at centre-half forward, so I did have some questions over his job security, even though he, was made, he made his AFL debut right after being drafted, which is pretty uh, telling that they do like the kid. But yeah, I personally have a bit of doubt over whether he'll be there for much longer, but because he's there this week, I might have to uh, trade for him out of necessity. Last game of the round is the North Melbourne Kangaroos and the GWS Giants. A couple of changes here, but we will know the confirmed Sunday squads tomorrow after they are announced. So, Sean Higgins is out injured. He's out for about six weeks, I think they said, with an AC injury. So, that sucks for a couple of draft owners, including myself. I need to actually address that issue now that I'm thinking about it. Taylor Garner, Paul Hearn, Curtis Taylor, Kyron Hayden and Tom Campbell are the ins. Most likely, Paul Hearn gets the spot there. Maybe... Kyron Hayden, a new bloke. I'll have to do a bit of research on him. Nick Haynes and Isaac Cumming of the outs for GWS with Jake Stein, Toby McGreen, Matt Butine, Zach Langdon, Jackson Hatley, and Dawson Simpson coming in. So, Jack Stein is a key defender who's been named to make his debut. Personally, I'd avoid taking the punt on Stein right away. We've got to at least wait and see how some of these key blokes uh, pan out. I don't think... He'll be scoring too well. He's only averaged about 56 in the kneeful so far this season, so we'll probably steer away from him at this stage. That's how team selections unfolded. A couple of curveballs we were thrown with the rookies, but overall, nothing too crazy. Alright, hot topics time. Now quickly, just touching on some of these rookies, because I'm getting a lot of questions about which ones to target. Personally, I think I'm going to be bringing in a couple of rookies who have the round 12 buy over some of these other guys like Stein, and like I just mentioned, not taking a chance on Nate. It might not be the smartest option moving forward, but considering the carnage I've been dealt, I'm not going to be fielding a full 18 this week, so... I need to try and get more players playing in case something, again, goes pear-shaped in round 14. Nothing too crazy. I think the guys I'm investing in will help me in the long run, but that's kind of where my head's at. If I had to rank a few of the targets at this stage, I think Griffin Lowe is the pick of the defender downgrade targets. Obviously, hindsight's a powerful tool, and if I could have had Patrick Nash for two good scores, I would have instead of trading in Isaac Cumming uh, a week ago, but it, it is what it is. I think Lowe's a great defender and can hopefully score a couple of 50s and 60s and hang around for chunks of the season in the midfield. I think it's wise to take the cash and land Dylan High, he- uh, a Nick Hind rather, over Dylan Clark. Nothing wrong with chasing either dude, but there's a hundred grand difference between more actually. If you want to take Nick Hind. Over Dylan Clark, so we saw a big scoring game from Clark, and he might keep it up. But there's plenty of ways you can get these type of blokes into their so- into your side if they dominate again. I personally will not be getting him in either. Actually, um, I've got again pressing issues to address up forward and down back. But I would go Hind, then probably just rate Brett Bewley over Dylan Clark. But again, I can see why you'd want. Honestly, all three are good downgrade targets. But I'm just a bit up against paying. For- dollar for Clark. 290 grand is going to cost you. Personally using that extra 190 grand difference from Bewley or Hind that can make a lot of changes around my ground. So I think I'll wait on Clark. If he goes gangbusters again I might my hand might be forced and I might have to get him in round 14 but I'll see what he does this weekend against the Hawks and then make my mind up. Up forward you might be one of the owners who is stuck with Josh Corbett. If you want to flick him to Ryan Gardner Nothing wrong with that move. Same deal if you have Robbie Young. However, I am doing that move because I can still field a full completed forward line after the buys. If I was still fielding one of these rookies, I might be a bit hesitant. You don't have to get rid of Corbett this week. You can play around and try and chop him into someone next week. But that's where my thinking is at the moment. So I think Gardner, nothing wrong with chasing him. Hopefully he can string together a couple more games in the Bulldogs' side and make us a bit of dough. But... We'll wait and see. I do like the fact that he has defence and forward status. So some people who have Cal Burgess out there know how handy that can be when doing trades. You can trade out a defender and flick him back or vice versa with a forward. So I think for the rest of the season, it's going to be handy to have a link between those two lines. So that's probably why I'll chase Gardner. All right, before I wrap this thing up, a couple of questions. Henry Moore asked me, should he go fife or dunks for Rocky? His other trades are Answorth to Hind, and stack to Sicily. Pretty good upgrades uh, in the other side of the ball. I think you've got to go with Josh Dunkley based on his DPP. I might have to issue a public apology to Nat 5, ever since I said he's not a fantastic fantasy player. He seems to only know how to go over 120, so it is what it is. I think personally, though, it's wise to take Dunkley with that DPP, even if it is into your midfield, because then you can swap a couple of players around. Jason Rossi asks, Hey Legend, do I bring in Clark or bank the extra 120 grand cash and get Hind? I've talked a bit about this, so you have my two cents already. I don't think it's a stupid decision to chase Clark by any means, but I just think that extra money can be utilised elsewhere, so that's probably why I'd recommend Hind. Nothing wrong with both blokes, and Clark might honestly be a better scorer, but I think Nick Hind is the way to go for round 13. Ryan Gershwitz asks, Hey mate, is Stack to Sicily better than Witho up to Sicily? Feels like Witho needs to go, yet Stack gets a rookie off my field. I know that after scoring 92, it might be wise for me now to say, get rid of Withered and instead of Stack, but we didn't know that what he would score before this question was posted. So I recommend getting Stack off the field. I know that he scored well. Personally, he'll probably be my last rookie I move off my field. I love the fella, but you got to get rookies off your field. Priority number one. We've got to try and avoid getting sucked into swapping our premiums around too much. I have been stuck with Angus Brayshaw for weeks, but been improving my team around him, getting rid of injured players and rookies, and as a result, he came to the party last week. Don't have as much confidence he can do it with regularity, but moving on these rookie types is something that we have to prioritise. So for that reason, I say stack has to go before Alex Witherton. Witherton needs to pick his shit up, that's for sure, but... At this rate, I think it's wise to get Stack out. Aldo Roganti asks, I got Cumming. Do you know what his injury is? Should I trade him to Stein or Griffin Lowe? It'll give him 19 this week after all that carnage. The other moves he's doing is Horde to Sicily and then Answorth to Nick Hind. He's also saving money by not chasing Dylan Clark. So I didn't, I had a bit of a squeeze. I couldn't find anything on Nick, on Isaac Cumming and why he's out, which kind of sucks actually, but. I think trading him to Griffin Lowe is a good idea. Stein, not so much, because he does also have the round 14 buy and doesn't have a great scoring pedigree. Lowe's isn't much better, but with a round 12 buy, he could be in for a couple of games. So I think it's wise to chase Griffin Lowe there. Michael Aram asks, Hey, Legends, what would you suggest? Answorth to Gardner or Warple to Zerrett? Again, I think it's wise to hold onto these middle-tier talents and stepping stones like Brody Smith, like James Warple, even though Merritt is very tantalising, making a lot of money by going Answorth to Gardner can help you potentially turn a rookie into Zach Merritt instead of James Warple. So I'd side with Answorth to Gardner in that one. Finally, last question. Black Sock Red asks for my advice, should he go whore to Dylan Clark or Burgess to Hind? I do like the DPP that Burgess offers, being able to swing blokes back and forwards, but I think it's wise to get rid of him and turn him into Nick Hind. He's obviously out of the side now, so he could be stuck on your bench for the rest of the year if you don't get rid of him. Haw, I think, while it's good to upgrade him, isn't a priority rookie upgrade. So I think doing the second move is the way to go. Rightio, before I wrap this thing up, let me quickly tell you my trades for this week. So I held Lockie Whitfield last week because I didn't want to trade in around 13 or 14 by midfielder. And for that reason, I'm turning him into Zach Merritt for the small cost of $5,000. The other two trades this week will be Isaac Cumming and Josh Corbett out. And I'm chasing a couple of named rookies in Griffin Lowe and Ryan Gardner. So after those moves, I'm left with about 200 grand for next week. I am only fielding 17, which kind of stinks, but got off to an all right start after the Tigers and Richmond game. Had Stack, Smith, and Rory Laird score well. So. Yeah, hopefully... I'm not in uh, as chipper spirits as I was at the start of the round, but hopefully I can see some decent scores from these young rookies and my premiums can come to the party yet again. That's going to do it for another episode. Thank you for tuning in. Good luck for round 13 and the buy rounds. If you have a question before lockout, make sure you hit me up at sportsbyfry.com on your preferred form of social media. But once again, thanks for listening. Until next time...